Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Decision Hour. I'm your host, Adam Bird. This show is about philanthropy, entrepreneurship, positive thinking, and humanity. A show that'll help you make that decision when that hour is upon you. Our guests share some of their experience, expertise, and their stories during their decision hour. You get to hear what they're doing today and how it might help you in the near future. I got a great guest lined up for you guys today. I'm going to bring him on in just a moment. First off, I want to give a huge thanks to Heroes Media Group and all the great shows and sponsors of the network. These guys are getting really big. To learn more about Heroes Media Group or how you can become a part of the HMG family, simply go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Now, this this guest that I have today, one of our nation's best. Um, I, you know, I, I had the opportunity to uh, meet this young man, uh, Couple months ago now at the Army Navy game, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring him on right now. It's Staff Sergeant Will Rainier. Will, are you there? I'm here. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing great. I appreciate you taking time. Uh, I, I know we've been a little phone tag back and forth trying to uh, log things on, and we've both been a little busy uh, getting th- getting things squared away and whatnot. But I'm I'm happy that we were able to uh, set aside some time and get together today. Absolutely, I'm great to be here. Uh, so. What's what's new with you guys, man? I'm telling you, you know, uh, the decision hour as a show, um, we're we're growing. I'm trying to get the, you know, I had an epiphany that somebody said you need to do more shows, man, and I was like, yeah, I know, and and I'm also the CEO of, of Heroes Media Group, and uh, we're we're growing. We have got about six new shows that are getting ready to launch here uh, March 1st. So it's been uh, I've been running around uh, trying to get everything set up. Uh, we're we're rebuilding the website. We got a brand new website that's going to launch here in the next 60 days. Um, so it's just putting a bunch of stuff. NCAA, we got, uh, obviously we cover a lot of sports. So uh, NCAA, excuse me, Final Four is going to be in uh, Phoenix. So we'll be down there for that April 1st. Just a ton of stuff going on and uh, and, we're, and we're loving every minute of it. So I really can't complain. We got uh, some new faces that are new shows, new faces, uh, hired a couple new employees. So things are going really well, man. Awesome. So, Will, I, I got to ask, so, so you and I, we met back at uh, at the Army-Navy game this past year. And, uh, That's it. And at the time, you were, you were with the 82nd Airborne Division, correct? Yeah, we were down there. Uh, as you guys know, the 82nd Airborne Division was the inspiration for the Army's uniforms this year, and they won for the first time in 15 years. Yep. So I'm not saying there's a connection, <laughs> but I'm not saying there's not a connection. That, that's funny because I said that that was my first time at the Army Navy game and Army won. So I said, "Listen, I, I'm not going to call it a coincidence or anything, but I'm sure I'm the Army's good luck charm now." So, um, yeah. you know, so I think you and I shared share in that distinction. It was my first as well. Uh, and those uniforms, they were pretty. They were pretty awesome uniforms, as far as you know. One like themed uniforms go across the, the entire NCAA. That was one of my favorites all year. Uh, oh, oh and, yeah. And I, Try not to say that uh, with as little bias as, as possible. No, you, you know what? I, I, you see a lot of cool uniforms in college football today, uh, and, and and it may sound like folks that were biased. Will's obviously he, Will's currently active duty. I, I'm a former Army Army vet myself, so we we might sound like we're, we're a little biased. But these uniforms that was on the field and uh, these uniforms were just they were awesome. They were freaking awesome this year. Um, and, and I loved every bit of it. Now, now tell us, uh, fill us in like the, the theme for our listeners that are not, I got a lot of listeners that are, that are not prior service and mm-hmm. some of them are college fans and, and they listen, a lot of them listen to the show so that they know what's going on because they follow HMG and, and some of the other sports stuff that we do. Tell, uh, kind of give them the, the picture of, of the uniforms and what did, what did it mean? What did the different symbols and stuff like that mean? So you think about the World War II paratrooper and uh, just what, 
those guys were going through, you know, many of their operations were jumping in uh, at night under the cover of darkness. So to, to start up uniforms were solid black, um, head to toe. And then uh, you look at the helmet and you kind of work your way down. Uh, the helmet had the kind of this uh, subtle netting um, that, the, that was very similar to the World War II helmets to kind of help break up uh, that, that silhouette of the rounded helmet. So you've got this uh, helmet netting and then a like a tactical marking on the side of the helmets. And these were things that, that they were using to help identify each other because, um, you know, like I said, very low light conditions. Um, and you see a helmet and you see that marking painted on the side of it. And it's a, just an easier way to identify who was uh, who was a part of what unit. And then you get down to the jerseys again, all black. And uh, they've got the World War II era flag with 48 stars on the right shoulder. Uh, it's facing a lot of people looked at it and thought it was uh, reverse um, because it had the, the field of blue in the top left corner as opposed to the top right corner like today's uniforms have. But that World War II era flag, it was, uh, it was on point with the field of blue and the stars in the top left, 48 stars for the 48 states at the time. And then uh, every uniform had a different regimental patch uh, sewn onto the, the chest. And so you had your 504th, which is the, the devil's the Panther Brigade, the glider patch, a lot of the um, airborne field artillery regiments were represented. And it was just a great callback to, uh, you know, the the uniform and the, and the service of those World War II paratroopers. And it's so important that, you know, we get people like uh, West Point and people like Nike who understand uh, the importance of that era and, and what, you know, the, those four years, even though they were four years of the 82nd Airborne Division's 100-year history, they really do kind of cement the legacy and they serve as almost a foundation for everything the 82nd has done since World War II. Uh, so we're talking about 75 years of service since World War II and, uh, you know, just honoring those guys, those veterans, those paratroopers. And, you know, we are, like I said, 75 years removed from that era and, you think about these are 18 plus year old men who are jumping into combat and you add 75 years onto that, you know, you just do the math and apply some common logic and these, these guys aren't going to be around much longer. No. Um, and it's just a simple, it's a simple fact of life. Yeah, no. And, and it's, you know, I, it, arguably some say the greatest generation uh, of this nation's country. And, and uh, a lot of guys that I looked up to, you know, I had a great uncle that that served in, in, in theater uh, over there in the European theater, um, and, and you look at the, the history, and I, and I kind of want to touch base. So the 82nd Airborne Division, <clears throat> obviously big in, in the campaigns during World War II, but take us a step back a little bit more, Will. You know, me being, and I'm trying to ask this from from somebody that's not in the military that, that knows what the 82nd does even currently today. For, for the listeners that aren't uh, prior service or whatnot, explain what the, 80, what the 82nd Airborne Division, what does that mean? Who is the 82nd Airborne Division? So you go back to 1917 before World War I, and uh, they formed the 82nd Infantry Division uh, down in Camp Claiborne, or I'm sorry, Camp Gordon, Georgia. And one of the unique things even back then is they were bringing in, because you think about um, the Civil War and, uh, you know, the Revolutionary War, all of the units were essentially geographically aligned. So you would have, you know, like a, a division from the state of New York or from Delaware. And it was very like regionally, you just fought with the people who happened to live near you. Um, when we were getting ready for World War One, and they uh, constituted the 82nd Infantry Division, this was one of the first times that a 
Army division was comprised of volunteers from different regions. And so by the time that they would ship off to Europe uh, in 1918, uh, they would have soldiers from, at the time, all 48 states. And so that's kind of one of the reasons that that the name All-American stuck is because they realized this. Um, you know, it's not the origin of the name All-American, but that's one of the, the reasons why it, it kind of caught on it like it did, and we became the All-American Division. And so really, and even now, there are, there are paratroopers from all 50 states, uh, multiple countries. Um, you look at, you know, even the territories, Puerto Rico, Guam, um, you know, multiple different countries and continents around the world. And we really are just a, such a diverse group of men and women who have raised their hand to join the Army, raised their hand to attend jump school, and raised their hand to take um, an airborne assignment. So we use the term three-term volunteers, and that's really kind of the way, um, you know, 99% of our of the people who fill our ranks fit that criteria, where they volunteered three times, you know, not just to be a soldier, but to be a paratrooper and to serve in a hazardous duty position. And so it really is kind of, you know, you look at anybody that serves in the military, obviously, you know, deserves just the, you know, a respect and, and the admiration because they have, uh, you know, volunteered to serve their country. But you kind of, when you start adding these other things, you know, whether it's re- volunteering to be an in the airborne, a paratrooper, you kind of just tend to get a higher quality of soldier, a higher quality human being who says, yeah, I'm going to volunteer to serve, but I'm going to take it a step further and volunteer to serve in this, you know, inherently dangerous position. Yeah. Cause the, the 82nd airborne division, rapid deployment, uh, division, it can be, I mean, and, 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 and Usually, when there's when there's conflict somewhere in the world, it's it's. I would, and I could be wrong on the numbers, but I would say almost nine out of ten times, or ten out of ten times, it's the eighty second that answers that call. Usually, absolutely first, yeah. and and they can get anywhere, you know, pretty pretty quickly. Um, yeah, we have a at all times we have a brigade that's ready to respond and can be anywhere in the world, wheeled up uh, in under eighteen hours. And, and eighteen hours sounds like a lot of time, but you think about getting all of your personnel together, getting all your equipment together, getting aircraft to Fort Bragg, getting those aircraft loaded and manifested and making sure that everybody has everything that they need <laughs> to, you know, fulfill their mission. And, you know, we send them out there for, you know, 72 to 96 hours just with the things that are in their bag and on their back and things that we can throw out of the back of an airplane before, you know, we're really able to um, augment them with any additional reinforcements. So, uh, 18 hours wheels up, and then within 96 hours, you know, we we say we can have a brigade anywhere in the world, and and I, I honestly believe that's the case. Yeah, that's 18 hours, folks. You're like, oh, that's a lot of time. Listen, when you're dealing with the brigade size, and, and will like brigade size now, you got, I mean, we're talking. 4,500. Yeah, 4,500. 4, 4, you got 4,500 people. All of their equipment, the equipment that they need, in 18 hours. That's 18 hours is, is not a lot of time to do that, folks. And, and the fact that these men and women are out there doing it uh, around the globe 
that's that speaks volumes. I mean, it's, it's very, very special. I know when I was, I didn't have the opportunity to, to, to serve with the 82nd. I, I wasn't airborne myself. I always wanted to be. Um, but it was always guys that you see with the wings and, and they, you always saw the double the, the A patch, the All-American patch, and you knew, all right, the 82nd guys are here somewhere. And, um, and, and it wasn't, it, you didn't have to go very far because usually any anywhere around the world, you, you'd see somebody with that patch on. And, and you knew, uh, you know, excuse the language, kind of a glorified badass uh, because they, you know, they were what they did and they had to go anywhere in a short, you know, at very short notice and they were there in a very short amount of time. Uh, and, and, and they are some of this nation's best on, on what they do and that's why they do what they do. So hats off uh, to all the men and women of the 82nd Airborne Division. Well, I want to, I want to switch it up here just a little bit. Um, you know, when we first uh, started talking, uh, you you were telling me about a project that you guys were working on uh, down there uh, for the 82nd. And, and, and if I'm not mistaken, just recently, not not too long ago, I think it was earlier in, in March, or excuse me, earlier in February, I got my months mixed up here. Um, 82nd, the 82nd came out with a with a pot with a podcast with the show. Yep. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, so, this, so this is something that we had kind of thought of uh, probably about nine or ten months ago. Um, we, you know, the 2017 is the the hundredth anniversary, the centennial of the 82nd Airborne Division. And so, in the public affairs office, we were kind of talking about different ways that we could, you know, promote the legacy and just kind of raise awareness of the hundredth anniversary and uh, different ways that we could get the word out and. Uh, my boss, Lieutenant Colonel Joe Bacino, who uh, is the public affairs officer for the division, he mentioned the podcast. And, I, you know, I listen to podcasts in the car. I've got a, about a 30-minute commute each day uh, one way. And so podcasts are great ways to kind of kill that time where you go on a long run and you pop in a podcast. And, and it's almost like someone's there talking to you and you kind of just zone out. And, and it's a great way to pass time. So I've, I've been in a podcast for a while and he mentioned the idea of doing a podcast, and it, it, everything just kind of clicked right there. Um, it was a great idea, something that, that we really wanted to sink our teeth into. And so when we're coming up with uh, different story ideas, we decided, you know, we've, we have 100 years of history of legacy. And, you know, what better way to celebrate those 100 years than by telling those stories? And that's really what we've tried to do here. Uh, we wanted to start back in the origins of the 82nd. So back in 1917, talk about the geopolitical aspects of the time and, and how, you know, what was going on in the world that made the 82nd really need to come together. And then when they went over to Europe for World War One, uh, the incredible stories of bravery from uh, guys like Alvin York, who a lot of your listeners may know about. Um, and then some people that, that they may not know about, like uh, Leonard Funk Jr. or um, Emory J. Pike, rather, there in World War One, And just the, the stories of, of these men and women from the last hundred years and, and people they've never heard of and places they've never been. And all of these stories that really have come to define, you know, when you say the 82nd Airborne Division, People know, like they kind of, they don't, maybe they don't know all the stories, but they know enough about the 82nd to be like, oh yeah, the 82nd Airborne, those guys are awesome. Well, you know, it's not because of me that they think the 82nd is awesome. It's because of the the men and women that came before me uh, hundreds and decades of, you know, decades ago that did these incredible things and feats of bravery and valor and sacrifice and courage. 
And and those are the stories we want to tell. And we, I feel like we've done a really good job so far. We are uh, on um, episode seven will come out uh, tomorrow. So we're recording on uh, Monday the 20th and episode seven comes out tomorrow on the 21st. And, you know, we've got about 20 or so planned uh, that we're shooting for. And you, you never know how long, you know, because there's so many stories. This thing really could go on forever as long as, you know, we have the people available and the time to really get these these stories told and do the, you know, give them each the, their justice that they deserve. Cause there really are some incredible stories from the hundred years of history. So let me ask you, I got a couple questions. And the first one I want uh, that's popping in my head is how do you find these people? Do you go through the alumni? And, and I'm assuming, I'm assuming the 82nd as, as most divisions do, they have like some type of uh, alumni or, or, or book of record where you could see who was part of the 82nd at one time or another. And do you reach out to those people or through the alumni to, you know, to get these stories? Because it sounds like to me, it, it's almost like, a um, like the like a history channel of the 82nd Airborne Division. Like you're you're collecting yeah, all of these stories, and it's 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 the history. And these are stories, like you said, everybody. I shouldn't say everybody because some people, but don't know. But they or they might have heard of the 82nd, but they don't know much about it. But they can look at this podcast and they can get a history, a sense of all right, who is the 82nd Airborne Division? Why are they important? And then they can hear the stories, and and, and that's basically what you're doing. Yes. Absolutely. So, you know, obviously for World War One, uh, there's not a lot of there's nobody left to right. talk to to kind of give that first person account. Um, so we relied on a lot of historians. Um, you know, Dan Carlin, host of Hardcore History, he came on the show and gave us some context into World War One. Um, then we talked to, uh, you know, we've done a lot of research on our own of the different books and just the records that exist. Uh, John Arson, who's the director of the 82nd War Memorial Museum, he helped us out a lot. And then, you know, as we get into more recent history, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head. It, it really is about getting, you know, finding out what happened, what was going on in the 82nd from the people who were there. Right. So we did an episode on the triple nickel and, you know, the, the triple nickel were America's first all black paratrooper unit, the 555th. And so I just went to their annual reunion and I just, I sat down with these men and I talked to them and, you know, we talked about what it was like in, in the 1940s and fifties and, you know, the, the challenges that they face, the discrimination, the segregation, the blatant, you know, racism that these men lived through uh, and endured so that they could become paratroopers. And, you know, you hear it in their words and it really does. It makes a huge difference because, you know, nobody knows who I am. Nobody really cares who I am. They they want to hear it from the men who were there, the men who lived through it and the men who really deserve all the honor. And we do that for so many of the operations. Uh, like I said, the triple nickel, we talked to some of the men who went to the Dominican Republic there in the, in the fifties, sixties. Um, you know, we we're going to talk to some of the men who were in Vietnam. Uh, and then even some of the really lesser known stories, like the disaster at green ramp, where uh, one of the aircraft, um, had a malfunction and caught fire on the runway and uh, almost all the paratroopers inside of that aircraft died. And so, you know, these are stories that people don't know about, but we're going to talk to the men who were there at, at green ramp uh, waiting to jump when this happened and, and just get their firsthand account of these incredible stories that really define the history of the division. I mean, you, you think about that and it's like, if you're, and if you're a history person listening to this, 
I mean, that, that, that's cool stories. Let me back up real quick. Will, where can, uh, where can they listen to the show? So wherever you're getting your podcast, um, you can go on iTunes, Google play stitcher. Uh, we're on, um, you know, last FM, uh, just basically anywhere you are already getting your podcast. You can search the all American legacy and uh, that's the name of the show. And then you'll see the big double A's right there of the show logo. And, and you know, that's us. Um, and you know, even easier if you're on iTunes, uh, you can go right there in the government category. And we, you know, for the last couple of weeks, we've been right there in the top three podcasts in that category. We've had multiple episodes rated, ranked in the top 10 episodes for, uh, you know, whenever they debuted. I think at one point we had four of the top 10 episodes were from our show. Uh, so, you know, we've gotten a great response and, and we're just doing everything we can to get the word out so that a lot of people know, uh, hey, this is this is an awesome show. Uh, this is a way to learn about the history of the unit. And like you said, anybody who's interested in history, like this is right up your alley. Um, this is, these are great stories and the way that we're able to, to present the material, uh, it kind of varies. Sometimes, you know, it's just, uh, uh, me and a historian talking back and forth. And then sometimes we're able to actually get the guys who are there and get those first person accounts. So you kind of get a mixed bag. Yeah, that's got to be something else. I mean, you look at it, like I said, History Buffs, this is right up your alley. It's All-American Legacy Podcast. You look for the the big double A's on it, All-American. Um, you you got to check this show out. I, I've, I've had I've listened to, to, to several of them already, and, and and it gives me chills. And it's really interesting because I like, I like, I love military histories. And, and there's so many things I spent nine years in and, and I still, you know, you hear about the 82nd. Okay, these guys jump, they do this, they do this. But you don't know... Until you hear this podcast, some of the history that goes on with the 82nd, like the untold stories, or so we think of the untold stories. A lot of these stories have been told, but it's people within the 82nd community and and those that want to learn more about it. This is a, definitely a podcast that you have to check out and, and listen to. Well, I, my question to you now is, with everybody that you've interviewed, what's what's one of your favorite stories? One of your top stories uh, from the 82nd? Oh, man. Um, I kind of hit on it before. The, that triple nickel story really is just something that was really close to me personally. I just I love hearing about the stories of, of uh, men and women who are constantly told, you know, you can't you can't do this. And the reasons are always just so ridiculous. You can't jump out of airplanes because you're black or, you know, even more recently, you can't be a ranger school graduate because you're a woman. And it's just, you know, you can't take an entire group of people and, and put those labels on them because, you know, every individual person is different. And what we saw with the triple nickel is, uh, you know, they were constantly told that, you know, they wouldn't be brave enough to jump out of the airplane that they wouldn't be smart enough to know how to work their parachute. And the simple fact of the matter is, yes, they could do these things. And yes, they did do these things. And you think about it now. And if, if somebody was to to say, you know, you can't join the army because you're black like that, how ridiculous would that sound now? Yeah. But that's, that's exactly what these men went through. They were they joined the army after Pearl Harbor. Many of them rushed to the to the recruiting stations, just like so many Americans did. And they said, I want to, I want to fight. I want to fight for my nation. I want to protect my country. And they were, you know, told that they could only be cooks and drivers and they had to do the laundry and pick up trash. And, and these men, they were, you know, they were just, just 
completely at a loss because here they were, they wanted to be combat soldiers. They wanted to go and fight and they wanted to defend the country. And they were told that they couldn't do that for no other reason than the color of their skin. And it's in no way, you know, in degradation of them. Uh, but, but really like that's just kind of reflective of how, the times were and, and the way that they were able to overcome that and and prove to not just the army but prove prove to an entire nation that you know they were capable as any other red-blooded american to serve and fight uh, it just is such a great story and it, it those are the kind of stories that um you know really kind of have come to define the military uh, in general and, and being a part of the 82nd uh, so these men, they formed the, the first uh, black paratroop battalion. And then after the war was over, General Gavin said, hey, I want these men in the 82nd Airborne Division. And this was before Truman had signed the executive order desegregating the military. Um, Gavin went to the Pentagon and said, uh, I don't care that, you know, that every other unit in the military is segregated right now or in the Army is segregated. I want these guys in the 82nd. And so... For one of our one of the the all American legends, jump in Jim Gavin to really go to bat for these men. It just shows you, you know, this wasn't a publicity stunt. Like this man was a wartime hero. He was a wartime commander, and he knew that that his unit would be stronger by letting these men in. And so that's what he, you know, he went to bat for them. And and that just is one of those stories that you know just really you know, makes the 82nd what it is today. It doesn't matter who you are. We want the best and we, we deserve to have the best. And that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to get. I love it. History and humanity right there, folks. It's all American legacy podcast. Make sure you check it out. Stitcher, iTunes, you could get it on iTunes. Check it out. We're going to have it up on the decision hour, uh, here as well as uh, heroes media group. We'll make sure that we are, uh, constantly promoting this one uh as well this is a show you you definitely don't want to miss will i would like to and i'm hoping that the the 82nd continues on through the the years you know they started with world war one he's doing world war two you know move on into korea vietnam all, all the campaigns throughout history and i'm hoping that the 82nd continues to share their stories of the uh, men and women that have served, even as it get, as we eventually get up into the the present day, uh, so people Absolutely. get a full understanding of of what the men and women of the 82nd have contributed throughout the years um, of its existence. Um, what's next for the 82nd? Well, what 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 you know what's 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 moving forward? What's next for the show? What are you guys working on? You said you got a show coming out uh, I believe tomorrow. You said mm-hmm. what's 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 yeah. next? What other big are there any? Can you give us any teasers on stories that we definitely are not going to want to miss? All of them you don't want to miss, Absolutely. but if you got any, any any big ones that you got coming up that you're really excited about? Yeah. So May 22nd through the 25th is our All American Week. And this is a four-day week that, that we're going to kind of put a lot of stuff on pause and uh, really celebrate the 100 years of the division. And we're planning on doing a live show. Uh, we haven't gotten all the logistics worked out, but if you're here for Brad for All-American Week, definitely uh, check the schedule and figure out where we're doing the live show. Uh, I can promise that there's going to be some really incredible guests, and we're going to have some awesome stories there for in front of a live audience, and that's going to be one of the podcast episodes. Um, also coming up in May, uh, we're going to share the just unreal story of uh, Staff Sergeant Travis Mills, who deployed with 4th Brigade to Afghanistan 
Um, he was on a, they were just on a, a one of their routine patrols. Uh, he was an infantry squad leader and, uh, he goes to set his bag down there on a security hall. He sets his bag down, uh, right on top of a mine and, uh, he loses, ends up losing, uh, three of his limbs, uh, and becomes, uh, no, sorry. He lost all four of his limbs and became one of only four or five, uh, surviving quadruple amputees. Uh, since the global war on terror began and he's got just an incredible story of resiliency and just the fighting back after you know you lose all your limbs you think your life is over and he just shows you that you know once you are a paratrooper you really are a paratrooper for life and and that doesn't mean you wear the the beret and the wings for life but it, you have that paratrooper mentality that nothing, you know, there are no bad days after something like that happens. And, and no matter where you're at in life, you can, you can come back, you can fight through it. And uh, he really is just a, one of the most incredible examples of that, that, that I've ever seen. So that's a really great story that we're looking forward to telling. And yeah, we, you know, we just want to keep, keep this going as long as we can. Uh, you know, maybe here in a couple of months, we maybe go to every other week or maybe, you know, once once a month or so. But definitely something that there are enough stories out there where we can, you know, we don't have to stop. Uh, and from an operational perspective, you know, we've got a brigade deployed right now to Iraq um, with Operation Inher- Operation Inherent Resolve. Uh, and that's the the coalition that is fighting ISIS in Iraq. And so, you know, just want everyone to, to remember that the 82nd stays engaged to this day. Uh, we are a war fighting division first. And so having those those men and women over there helping to helping the Iraqis fight uh, ISIS, um, you know, we're really proud of them. And we just don't want people to lose sight that there there are still men and women deployed and, and keep those guys and, and girls in your in your hearts and prayers. Absolutely. I couldn't have said it better myself. Well, I appreciate your time today. Any parting words uh, for our listeners before we let you go? I hope you guys all enjoy the show. Uh, leave us a comment if uh, there's something that you liked or you didn't like. And, and we really do our best to, to help and engage with anyone who talks to us about it, because that's what it's all about. Uh, you know, we want the people to uh, just live this history with us, and, and we really do care about what you guys have to say. So hit us up on social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, and we'll would love to talk to you. Thanks, Will. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Will Rainier, Staff Sergeant Will Rainier, United States Army. Uh, started the 82nd uh, Airborne podcast, the uh, All-American Legacy. Make sure you check that out on iTunes and uh, Stitcher and all these other great spots where you're listening to your pod uh, podcast right now. Uh, I'll make sure that we have that up on the Decision Hour uh, Facebook page as well as you can find it on, you will be able to find it on the Heroes Media Group uh, links and website and uh, and whatnot as well. Uh, that's all the time I have today. It's been great sitting down. I love talking with Will. Uh, I don't think that's going to be the last time you guys hear from him. I really don't. I think he's going to be on uh, probably guest hosting here in the near future. So I'm looking forward to having him on again. So again, appreciate Will for coming on. I want a big shout out to the men and women of the armed forces, uh, especially over at the 82nd Air Division. We love you guys and we appreciate uh, everything that you do. Another shout out goes to Heroes Media Group. Listen, uh, Heroes Media Group, they got a lot of great shows, a lot of new shows that are coming on. These guys are going places and they're going places fast. So they might be coming to a uh, neighborhood near you. Check, go to www.heroesmediagroup.com. Check out some of their events that they got coming up. Check out the shows, support them, like them, love them. Until next time, you've been listening to The Decision Hour.